we know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on Skype Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we're going to start off with a story about Dr. Bernie and the fly, and I'm going to ask our guest, Barbara Whitfield, to comment on it. So this is a story of Bernie and the fly, and a few days ago, I was sitting at my desk at my computer and preparing to write the next chapter for my, for my second book on coincidences. This chapter was about the benefits of coincidences. One of these benefits is that coincidences help us experience the connection between our minds and our surroundings. We are not islands unto ourselves. 
some houseflies were trapped in my computer room. They had been there for a few days and were looking kind of tired. There was, there was nothing for them to eat there. So I started talking to one of them and said, look, you are stuck here. I am your way out. Land on my hand and I'll take you out of here. <laughs> the fly jumped on the keyboard and drifted over in the direction of my hand and then took off again. I continued the invitation. Come on over here. Land on my hand. I'll take you out of here. Uh, the fly then landed on my hand, flew away and came back again. He stayed there. I got up, still talking. The fly stayed there until we went outside and I swooshed it into the air. Well, that was funny and interesting. But this morning I sat down to the computer getting ready for the show, put my hands on the keys and another fly landed on the same hand. No prodding, no cajoling. The fly landed there. As it explored the delicacies of my skin, I walked it out into the air and swooshed it away. Had the second fly learned from the experience of the first fly? Were they communicating with each other? Hey, that thing that moves around and smells and tastes and is located in XYZ quadrant could be the way out for you too. I don't know, maybe. If you believe you share consciousness with other sentient beings, you're more likely to communicate with them. I think our minds are connected to all sorts of beings in our environment. Test it out. Our guest today is Barbara Whitfield. Barbara is a respiratory therapist and counselor in private practice in Atlanta, Georgia, with her husband, Charles Whitfield, MD. They help people with individual and group psychotherapy for PTSD and other trauma-related problems. They also help patients get off psychiatric drugs and opiates. She is the author and co-author of 12 books on near-death experiences, the after-effects of spiritual transformative experiences, the emotional needs of critical care patients, and medical marijuana. She spent six years at the University of Connecticut Medical School studying the after effects of NDEs as a research assistant to Bruce Grayson. Barbara was on the original executive board of the International Association of Near-Death Experiences and the first female board member. She was also on the Kundalini Research Network's executive board. Her story and her research have appeared in documentaries all over the world. Welcome, Barbara, and welcome, Charlie. Thank you. What do you think of that story, Barbara? Oh, it's wonderful. I had that happen just one time. I never repeated it, but I had that happen with the dragonfly, and I actually walked him to the door, and he flew out. So how does that happen? I felt like I, I was connecting with the dragonfly in my head. I mean, my head was talking to him, and we were on this great big screened-in porch, and he was starting to panic. And I just said to him, don't panic, follow me, opened the screen door, and out he flew. And nobody was there to see it with me. <laughs> How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, it depends on your perception, I guess. My perception is that everything is alive and everything is connected and everything has consciousness. Well, I, I, I'm getting to really know that to be the case. Uh, and so what I'm doing is trying to figure out how we're connected. What are, what are the means by which these connections take place? It's, it's getting to be almost a, a truism that people say we're all connected. And you can say that because the Internet does that. 
the internet connects us. But when you say we're all connected, and you've been looking at consciousness for a long time, could you be more precise about what you sure. mean by that? Sure. Two of my kids live seven and a half hours away by car, yet five to 10 to 15 seconds before the phone rings, I know one of my kids is calling. And sure enough, there they are. Uh, to me, that's how it's done. And how you dial out if you want to try it is ask for help. Prayer works. Well, I, it's, how, how, how is dialing out answering the my question about uh, how we're how we're connected the first one d does with yeah. the phone call but the prayer one would you please explain that sure many several years ago I was a subject in in your research and we were looking for um, what did we see MPEs remember connecting uh, yeah. parallel yeah. okay so yeah. I was one of well, there's, they, they were they were a, a, a specific form. You were talking about CMPEs, uh, concurrent, um, meaningful, parallel events, is what you're seeing saying there. But it was, I think the research I was doing was more about generally about coincidences. Okay. Well, as a subject, though, I prayed before we started. I asked God to help me to be able to help you guys with the research, and. I wound up being a much higher scorer than anybody else. I think I doubled the next person next to me for having one of those coincidences happen. And to me, it's that's the plug-in, is just asking for help. And the thing is, even if you don't believe it, it's the intention. When we intend something, somebody else is going to start listening. And that's when I talk about connecting like you're calling somebody on the phone. The problem here is that people want to have material things they keep asking for and they don't get them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about heart-to-heart -heart kind of stuff, not materialism, but what we're really here for and what we're really here for is to grow and help other people grow. Uh, and I believe that. I, I think this is uh, Earth University, and we're all students in Earth University trying to figure out stuff and, and to grow. But right. yeah, what's, what's your sense of the purpose of this growing? Oh, it's what it's really all about. Um, since I had a near-death experience in 1975, um, I can see that everything is about relationship. My relationship with myself, my relationship with others— and if I so choose my relationship with God, that's what we're here for. That's not clear to me, Barbara. What, what relationship is, is is again a term that is like uh, okay. has a lot of meanings to it. So uh, I'm just trying to see what you mean by that. In my near-death experience, I had a life review, and only about 20% of people who have a near-death experience have a life review. Mine was aimed to me right at my heart. Ah. I. I I re-examined my life of 32 years, and I wasn't doing it alone. This incredible energy wrapped itself around me and moved into me. I like to call that God, but it took me several years to use that word. I had been an atheist before my NDE. Anyway, in my life review with God, I could see through God's eyes. I could feel everything through God's heart. God wasn't judging me. What was happening was whenever I did something that hurt a different another person, 
I could feel what they were feeling. I could see what they were seeing. So I had this incredible experience of how we affect other people. And I came back from that knowing, I came from a severely dysfunctional family. I came back knowing that I was going to change, that I was going to do something to be able to really hear what my relatives were telling me. And I was going to change the way I saw the world, which was very materialistic. I went back to school. I became a respiratory therapist. And I started writing about the needs of critical care patients. Uh, I, I know you've written a bunch of things about a lot of things uh, and several different areas as I enumerated, but I, th- I think it's a, that your description of what happened during your NDE where you could experience your impact on other people, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful message to be getting across to everyone, that that, you, that, that is possible, that we right. can, it's not only, uh, one of my favorite lines is, what do you think I think of you? which is trying to get to know the mind of the other person thinking back about me. But even more sophisticated and more important is what do you feel I feel with you? Mm-hmm. And that's what you are being able to do. I think that is so crucial. Uh, and we have about a minute left in this segment, but how are you evolving? How have you evolved that, that wonderful principle? Well, it's helped me to finally feel peace. Peace was something I, I couldn't feel until I had my NDE, and then I got glimpses of it, and that became my goal and my own hero's journey, was to find a life of peace, possibly, if I'm lucky, contentment. And what shocked me now at the age of 76 is you can throw in some joy, too. That's the goal. <laughs> well, I, I put it in terms of having a good time. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's... Uh, I tend to look at all this as like a, 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 a jigsaw puzzle or a video game or some kind of uh, Easter egg hunt. There's a lot of mystery going on around here. And and f- the way I'm doing it is coincidences are uh, bits of the clues of how things are working. And they're we're, guidance. We're, they're definitely guidance. Yeah, we're, we're coming to the end of this segment. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And our guests are Barbara and Charlie Whitfield. Is our Just as we breathe in oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. 
So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Oh, yes. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm Dr. Bernard Beitman, MD, and uh, we're talking with Barbara Whitfield and Charlie Whitfield, her husband, about now NDEs. And I, I, you, made a, you made a very important comment about uh, 20% of people with NDEs uh, have life reviews. Usually, the way it's broadcast uh, generally out there is that uh, most people have life reviews. So that 20% is, is, a, is an important statistic for, for us. And I have another question um, that, that mostly NDEs are, are experienced or reported as being experienced as wonderful. Uh, they're they're something like what you're describing, uh, love and peace and God and uh, we will survive death. But there are some, a small percentage that are negative. Uh, could you tell us something about those and what percentage those might be? Well, my research at the university went back to the 1980s. And in the 1980s, when we were fresh and new and just starting, we did not want to hear negative experiences. So we kind of turned our back on them. But as time has gone by, we were nagged enough that we finally started looking and found about 10% of near-death experiences are painful and negative, and they never evolve into the positive. Some of them that are concluded in the 90% started out negative, but they hung in there and it turned positive. We don't know, but we do know after effects. And for people that have had positive near-death experiences like me, the after effects are positive. We go searching for healing. The ones that have the 10% are, I hate to compare, but more like a UFO encounter. They're scared. They work with somebody who was benevolent, like I explained, and they shut down. They don't want to talk about it. So the 10% didn't really come out until later when it was on television and in the movies, and then people had the courage to say, yeah, I had that, but it hurt. Uh, can you give us uh, some more ideas about, uh, even though they don't talk about it very much, but what's what's difficult in those uh, NDEs, those negative ones, I mean? They're scared? Well, yeah, yeah they're, first of all, they start off terrified. Most of us that I interviewed, um, and I'm talking about well over a thousand people if I include Bruce's interviews and Ken Ring's, most of us relaxed into it. There was a moment that we all called letting go. And once we let go, once we relaxed and were willing to 
go into the experience, everything became beautiful, peaceful, loving, but you got to let go. And letting go is something that we here in the United States have a big problem with letting go and letting God. I, 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 well, I'm a little confused. The question I asked was, was just uh, some better idea of what a negative NDE is. What you just talked about was how you get out of that. But Okay, there's what, a wonderful movie that was made in Brazil, and I'll just tell you that he was, when he woke up after he died, he was laying in a puddle of mud, and there were people all around him screaming and crying. And he stayed like that. He said in earth time, it probably would have been about eight months. And all of a sudden, he said, God help me. And the light appeared, and he went into the light. Charlie, you were going to say something about that. Um, I don't think it was about that particular one, but let go, let God is right out of AA. Yeah. It is. Uh, uh, the, the reason I'm asking this is that I want to see if there's a connection with negative uh, coincidences, too, because coincidences have kind of the same uh, general sense that they're, they're great experiences, not with the depth and breadth of an NDE, but still they tend to be positive. At least people report them as positive. But there are subsets that are not so positive. Uh, and you, you know that from people who are bipolar and, ha and have too many of them, uh, too many coincidences, and it, it helps con make their craziness worse. So I'm asking about a parallel question with NDEs, that, that uh, do some people go out into negative space? Oh, boy, that's a hard question. I don't know, because most people that have had painful near-death experiences won't report them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just even the ones that you do hear about the mud guy in Brazil. Yeah. I, I understand that, but I, I, it's a question that's come up in very many different ways. Uh, that with all the positives of NDEs and all the positives of coincidences, there is still an underlying theme in coincidences of some potential negative, maybe evil or malevolent uh, entities surrounding us. It's not all love and uh, peace. Well, either is life. Well, I know that about life, but there's yes. still the idea that the NDEs and coincidences uh, have some negative, don't have negativity in them. Life, okay. we, we know that pretty well. And what I'm trying to do is explore this, that kind of negativity, see what's there. Is, you know, in just um, people who have gone into like outer space, like psychonauts uh, with various drugs and other ways, run into negative ent entities uh, sometimes. And I'm just asking about that through NDEs. My, I can only talk personally from my own experiences. Um, everything to me is a learning experience. And if something appears negative, it's the way I interpret it if it's negative. I just say to myself, what is what is what is this trying to tell me? What what can I learn from that? And if I don't insist on the answer immediately, if I just sit back patiently and wait, positive energy will come along and explain it to me. Yeah. How can I reframe this that would help my life go better? So this whole word this word of reframe to the positive, like the optimism uh, is is a great um, plus in a situation like this. Most people aren't taught to do this. They're, 
because they're they're stuck in their ego and they keep beating themselves up and worrying. Oh, I agree with that. I I, I sometimes. Uh, pretend like I can implant this little machine in some of my patients' heads that can take an ambiguous or even modestly negative experience and find a way to see it as positive. It's a turning thing and turn it into something positive. That, that really wasn't uh, what I was trying to get to, but maybe we can't uh, because uh, the, all the research you've done and with other people with uh, gathered stories from people, uh, what I think you're telling me is that you don't really have stories of people finding, getting out into some negative space where there might be some uh, malevolent uh, entities trying to uh, get into their heads, which I hear in different places, but not through NDEs is what you're being able to tell me from your research experience. Well, the first name that pops into my mind is Howard Storm. Have you interviewed him? Mm -mm. You should interview Howard Storm. Uh, he talks about the painful negative side of his NDE and, and how it took over his life. He, he would be able to explain it better than I can. Okay. Now, you've had uh, some coincidences in your life, for sure. And, and part, of, part of some research I did with Bruce is he sent out my weird coincidence survey to people who had had NDEs and asked them before and afterwards, was, was there, uh, did your coincidence frequency stay about the same, get, get lower or get more? And the, the data came out as NDEs led people to see more coincidences. Is, is that true for you personally? Absolutely. You know, I could tell you the story of my first book, which was published by Simon & Schuster. It, from cover to cover, it was all coincidences. From the moment after I had my near-death experience up until today, I continue to have this constant guidance. And all I can say to that guidance is thank you. And sometimes I follow it and sometimes I choose not to. Yeah, well, that's that's so important to know um, about coincidences from my perspective, but guidance of any kind. I mean, it's people giving you advice like in the flesh as well as getting it through some other ways. But how does this guidance come to you? Because I think that's an important thing for our listeners to be able to get to is how do they recognize guidance and how do they decide when guidance from a coincidence, for example, is like a good thing or a neutral thing or something to avoid? Well, I'll, I'll go back to my first book with Simon and Schuster. I had been working for probably three years in the research, and suddenly the research was stopped because of a lack of funds. So I was, as they say at the universities, pink slipped. I was told that my job was over until they got more funding, which they did. But anyway, so here, all of a sudden, I'm out of a job, but I'm still there. And one of the secretaries in the secretarial pool said to me, you know, you have a wonderful story. My boyfriend is the editor of women's news, women's whatever. It's in the supermarkets at the cash, cash registers. It was a magazine about women. So in, I had had a story published in there, and she just happened to have the boyfriend who was the editor who said to her, tell Barbara that I, my literary agent would love to handle her story. Within a month, I was writing a book with Simon & Schuster. When the book was through, I was rehired at the university. Come on. What else could that be? Who could have arranged that? Coincidences. Yep. 
Well, that's part of what I'm trying to figure out is who, how does that happen? Uh, we're coming to the end of this segment in just a, in just a bit, but those are, those are wonderful things coming together, meeting somebody who puts you together with somebody who then puts you together with, some, puts you with someone else, and then at the same time you get your job back. It, it makes you think that like there's a flourish moving in your direction. It's a wonderful feeling. Uh-huh. And, what I what I'm what I get to in the next segment is just is the 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 less obvious ones the ones where you do have to make interpretations, uh, and let's see what we go to. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our guests are Barbara and Charlie Whitfield. Turn lyrics into music. You turn London into Munich. A songwriter and day translator. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please return to Laura Buxton. Um, this is CC with BB. I'm Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD. We're talking to Barbara and Charlie Whitfield. And using coincidences um, optimally is not something that just happens. You have to pay attention to them. You have to test out Test them out, um, and sometimes uh, they may be misleading. Uh, they could be misleading for you, and sometimes they should be ignored. And I wonder, Barbara, how do you? What kind of principles do you use? Uh, and maybe you can give some examples of how you respond to coincidences. 
how I respond. Well, first of all, I'm thrilled when they happen. Okay, yeah, good. Yes, yeah. Yeah. that one. That's an important yeah. one. Oh yeah, cold, cold chills through it's the body. Fun. It's, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think what I want to get straight with the, with the listener is our our perception of God. If we think he's an old man, <coughs> excuse me, man with a long white beard, you know, he's going to judge us. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this intelligent energy that pervades the entire universe. We call it consciousness. That consciousness is on our side. If it's not on our side, we're going to know it within a few <coughs> seconds if we listen to our heart. So an example would be, um, I was going to be on Larry King the second time for my book, my first book, Full Circle. The Friday night before I went there to do Larry King, I was lighting my Sabbath candles. I'm Jewish. And usually my boys are there with me as we light the candles, but they were both working that evening. So I lit the candles by myself, said the prayer, looked through the candles and said, oh my, this is a direct line to God. I had been single for almost 10 years. And I said, God, I'm ready. Please send me someone smart. Send me someone kind. And I don't know where this came from, but it just popped out. I said, send me someone I deserve, which is a pretty scary thing to say because I don't <laughs> know how much I've got left to work on. Yeah. Anyway, Monday night I was on Larry King. Monday night, no, during the weekend, Charlie was out in California, and he was praying there for a relationship. So we both prayed that weekend. Monday night I'm on Larry. Wednesday night, Charlie calls me because he figured out that he was going to be up in um, Connecticut the next weekend for a conference. Well, I had seen it. I had seen her on Larry. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I, th I thought so, but it's important yeah. for us for that to be said. You saw her, and what was your reaction when you saw her, Charlie? I said, "Oh, that's uh, like four or five years ago. I had seen her, was attracted to her um, more." for what she was saying at this NDE and Consciousness conference that I was uh, at, and uh, less for her looks, all of her looks uh, was were just fine, but her presentation uh, and her what she was saying uh, about consciousness, etc., it was the most attractive. So I said, to myself, well, uh, this might be an opportunity for me to meet her in person and again, because I had we had met that first time four or so years ago, and now, now here was an opportunity. She was coming up for the weekend, the weekend after we both prayed, and he was coming up for an ACOA international conference. That's Adult Children of Alcoholics, so. When Charlie called me and asked me out for dinner that night to come and hear him speak and go out for dinner after, I thought, oh, my, does it work this fast? <laughs> and I told him I couldn't on Friday night because I had a patient that I was seeing every night that week that was getting chemo. I, I used to do a lot of hands-on healing work with the energy. Friday morning, my patient called me to tell me that her chemo had been canceled. So I knew I could go hear Charlie talk, but I couldn't get a hold of him. So I just walked in, and there were 800 people there, and Charlie walked out and with slides for an hour and a half, talked about feelings. 
And I knew, I just knew right there and then that he was going to change my life. Now, here's the background on this for this particular moment. I had just gotten Bruce Grayson and Ken Ring to ask their subjects a question about childhood trauma. We, these are their near-death experience. Yes, yeah, okay. and and we also had a, um, a subject pool of people who came close to death and didn't have a near-death experience, and then we had controls. So there were over 500 people answering this about childhood trauma. I think the stats we came up with were somewhere around 58% of people who have near-death experiences were traumatized repeatedly as children. Well, I really wanted to get into, into that because I'm one of them. And Bruce and Ken just weren't interested. Well, when Charlie called and invited me for dinner that night, I thought before I have dinner with this man, I better re read his book, Healing the Child Within, which he had <laughs> sent to me and I had never read. And it turns out also for the audience that the child within is not some mystical uh, part of us. It's our real self. It's our true self, as opposed to the ego, which is our pretend self. And within a, a year, Charlie and I were living together, and I was writing a book that started with all of our research into NDEs, and then I incorporated Charlie's into how to heal from childhood trauma. So oh, look boy. at that coincidence. That's a biggie. <laughs> well, it's so nice how they fit together. And the way I the way I conceptualize um, some of what you're describing and what I'm looking at is still the question of how we are connected or how we can be connected or how we can be disconnected. And just the idea, if you believe this about the flies, it's, it gets, and these are, that fly experience is, was, was a teaching moment for me, these couple of moments uh, with these flies. I mean, right there I'm talking. And and so I can visualize connections between minds much more easily, increasingly more easily. So the two of you were praying at the same time. And I could see like, and this isn't, and I could see beams of energy information uh, traveling between where, wherever you are and coming together, creating a connection, which then helped you find each other at the conference. And you knew that it was it between the two of you. Just so you know, it took Charlie five years to ask me out after that conference. <laughs> Um, uh, what took you what took you so long charlie well i wasn't ready i'm glad oh. that he didn't i had to write my first book and have my own identity because charlie has so many bestsellers you know i had to become me first before i could be in a relationship with him and that worked out beautifully there was other thing i was going to tell you about that about our praying <laughs> oh oh the year that we were dating back and forth 350 miles away from each other we were involved in, in three automobile accidents individually, not together. One of, and I think it's because we were so darn scared. You know, being in your late 40s, early 50s is not easy dating. But anyway, Charlie had one accident where I didn't know it was happening. I was pulling up a long, dark driveway at my girlfriend's house, and my headlights died. And I had to stay at her house all night. Sometime late that night, Charlie called to tell me he was in an accident and that his first thing that happened were his headlights went out. Yeah. The dealership never found anything wrong with my lights, but I was in the dark when he was in the dark. Uh -huh. 
that's that's automobile simulpathity. I, I haven't heard that one before. Uh, experiencing the pain of a loved one at a distance is what I mean by simulpathity. But here, the cars, your yeah. car mimicked his, uh, and that, that that just does the technology. Uh, somehow, when we put these uh, objects together, uh, they may have a bit of consciousness that. Uh, we can recognize. I know. I used to. I still have my car that I bought in 1967. Uh, it's an old. It's a Volvo 122S, and uh, it was my buddy for a long time. I, I, I'd have uh, dreams uh, in which um, I couldn't find it. It was my transitional object, to use an old psychoanalytic term, that I was losing. This, this, this that's a good story. But the five years between uh, the first contact. Uh, but you were still contacting with each other. Is that right during that five years? He, he would call me at the university two or three times a year and ask me a research question. <laughs> and when I finally got to know Charlie and I was at his house, I found all my letters. He had saved all the letters that I sent to him to answer research questions. And also, I had, I had gotten a picture from a, a flyer where Barbara was giving a talk of her, black and white picture that I had cut out uh, and put on my bookshelf that I could see every day uh, of her face. And, and I looked at that with intention that we would, that we would become closer. Wow. So you were dating even though you weren't doing it out in yeah. front. We were dating and, in our minds in a way. <laughs> in a way. And Barbara, were you doing something similar? I was in therapy trying to figure out what was going on. I, I stopped dating for quite a while when I when I read my first book to myself. Is the answer to that no? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I ugh. men at that point in my life were just messing up the idea that I had to find out who I was, not yeah. who they were. Yeah, the answer to that is no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't. Charlie was doing it, and, and we can we not know what the subconscious is, but something was going on with Charlie, and he knew it. And I believe this this happens. It sometimes one person knows, and the other person knows at some subconscious level. We can never prove that that there's probably something going on there. We're coming to the end of this segment. You've been listening to, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking with Barbara and Charlie Whitfield about NDEs and related ideas. Without being in the same room. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com.
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the national security state. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through Trinday.com or Amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking to Barbara and Charlie Whitfield, and we we got to hear about their middle of life romance. And now <laughs> Barbara needed to like do a lot of things to be able to get to Charlie. She had to become a bestseller author too, and which she has. And the two of them have been doing a lot of great stuff together. And they're coming out with a new book uh, on dragon energy. And uh, dragons have been around for a long time in various in various forms. Tell us about your dragon energy and what your book is trying to tell us. Okay. It, it was all about coincidences in the beginning. I mean, we had no idea we were going to write this book. We had just written a book on the clinical aspects of using cannabis as, as medicine. And we were, you know, we went to and taught about it in Scotland and Canada and all over the place. And we have videos up of how to use cannabis. And we figured this was the end of life teaching we were going to do. And then this whole dragon thing came. Uh, Charlie goes to DragonCon every year here in Atlanta, and so do 90,000 other people. And finally, he convinced me to come in, in um, 2015. And I could not believe the quality of fun that people were having. I mean, you put 90,000 people in four hotels, all dressed in costume, and it's a lot of fun. Somehow, coincidentally, I became pals with the um, 
the artist of the year there. They had featured his his paintings everywhere on posters and on the, the program. Anyway, we had such a good time with him and his family that the next year, they're from Spain, we invited them to come in a week early, stay with us, and we would show them Atlanta because they just got to see the walls of the hotel. The year they came to see us, which was 2016, and they walked around our house, they couldn't stop laughing because I didn't realize it, but we had dragons everywhere in the house. We have antique rugs, and a lot of the Chinese antique rugs have, have dragons. And then my dishes had dragons and pottery, and you just name it. So we started thinking about dragon energy and why these people were so lit up at the conference. Well, they lit up other ways, too, I must say that. But eventually we asked, his name is Cerullo, if he would do a book with us. And he was so excited to do a book with us. And we're just finishing it up now. And, you know, some people call it Holy Spirit. Some people call it Kundalini, Chi, Ki. It can also be reframed as dragon energy. And we're showing the traits of the positive dragon and we're showing the traits of the negative dragon. And then we're showing how these traits are in us too and how to use that whole reframe, just like you would ask the Holy Spirit or ask um, Kundalini. Our society has, um, across the world, has been attentive to dragons for about 25,000 years, uh, believe it or not. I mean, how, how do you have records over 25,000 years? Well, it started in ancient Egypt with a snake, uh, which evolved 5,000 years ago into dragons. Uh, and then now we've got art and literature galore. Uh, including the caduceus. Including the caduceus. The medical caduceus is two snakes on a, on a staff uh, uh, with wings at the top, which, which I didn't know until probably two years ago. Uh, more about it and that it's really about healing uh, and and most doctors don't know anything about what kundalini is and how it's a natural part of our energy uh, and it can be reactivated all kinds of ways including through coincidences uh, I had a kundalini awakening uh, in 1984 uh, that that slowly changed my life I was already into spirituality with meditation and AA but it was still uh, um, um, a remarkable um, slow discovery that was a fast discovery with my kundalini experience. So uh, uh, what, what we're writing in, in Dragon Energy is that this Dragon Energy is not about dragons and fantasy and science fiction. Uh, dragon Energy is in us, as us. And... And the way we get it, we go through three veils. And these, are, these all go right along with, with trauma recovery and spirituality. The first veil is we drop our ego and get real and start being real. Uh, and the second veil that we go through is, is we name everything correctly. We stop uh, pretending uh, with everybody else with political correctness and groupthink and all that stuff. Uh, and then the third veil that we go under and through into dragon energy is connected all to God. 
And let me just add to that, because we finally used the word kundalini, that my research with Bruce was about that. We sent out what we call the physio kundalini syndrome index, and we had amazing stats come out that people who had near-death experiences scored eight on this scale. People who thought they had near-death experiences, but and something happened, but it didn't fit. They had a, um, four. The controls had four. The psych unit, four. But anybody who had a near-death experience had about eight of these signs and symptoms. There was even one subgroup that didn't think they had an NDE, but when we gave them the Grayson NDE scale, they did. They scored eight, and they didn't know they had an NDE. So yeah. something happened energetically. And, and what are the details that people were po scored positively on that defined this dragon kundalini energy? The search. We join the hero's journey. You know, a lot of us talk about Campbell, Joseph Campbell. A lot of us, if not most of us, talk about quantum physics. Something happens that it like blows open the rest of our brain and we want to know and we're searching. And I'll tell you, the first time I got together with a couple other near-death experiencers was at Bruce Grayson's house when he was still in Ann Arbor. And he had us just sitting in a circle for all afternoon talking. And I remember that evening, Tom Sawyer, who was one of the big stars in the beginning, Tom Sawyer and I cried. We sobbed because we finally met other people that knew what we knew, but we didn't even know what we knew. We just knew we were different and we were searching. Oh, it's so important to find people that are like you oh. when, you're, when you're weird like that. It's so yeah. important. What I, what I am not getting a clear picture about is what do you, what do you mean here? What is dragon energy? When you are, when you're, what is Kundalini energy? How do people experience it? What is it? Well, if, if you go and do yoga for several years or you meditate for several years like Charlie did and he had an, an awakening, it's meditation or yoga is the safer way of patiently learning more about ourselves spiritually. Then you get people like us. I was an atheist. I suddenly had an experience. I was an atheist. Charlie was an atheist. And all of a sudden, we're in new land. We're in new territory. And we don't know anything. That energy that's guiding us. That's the energy we're talking about. It has a lot of different names, but it's the guiding energy that helps us to awaken. And I'm, I'm just a I'm just a poor psychiatrist sitting there with patients, <laughs> and uh, and you're you're to me you're talking around my question because yeah. I want to know what the experience is so that so that somebody tells me about it or I can describe it to them. Mm -hmm. One of the most one of the, one of the most important things to me is interpersonal energy, not just the energy with the cosmos, but the energy that goes on between two people. And I don't mean healing energy. I mean, energy exchanges between people. They're not paid attention to very much, although they happen a lot. And I experiencing them at dance particularly, and I can get to them. And you're talking about something like that, but I don't have a clear idea of what you're talking about yet. You know what? I don't have a clear idea either. And okay, <laughs> that's good. 40 years. But I will say that every coincidence I feel is that energy setting me up for something. And 
a lot of our patients that come to us that know that we're spiritual too, we're not just prescribing medication, they come to us and they almost sound manic or they do sound manic because they're having these coincidences and they don't know what's going on. Right. So those are the ones that we have to calm down. Those are the ones that I always recommend root vegetables and stop meditating for a while. And then they do settle down and then we can work. And, they, and they're experiencing too many coincidences. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah, their whole life is coincidences, and they're trying to explain it to everybody. Do you ever try to explain a coincidence? Nobody else can get it the way we can get it if we've lived through it. And after a while, your relatives get exhausted trying to listen and trying to make out what's really going on with you. I mean, that's that was the end of my first marriage. Well, I've... I've... We're getting near the end of the second of our show too, but I, I do I occasionally do something I call coincidence counseling, and uh, one particular person who was just having too many of them drove from Ohio to Charlottesville to talk it over with me, and we were able to put those coincidences in some kind of framework so she could then embrace them and use them as part of her her journey, and that's I think probably what you're talking about people being able to do. Yes. Well. It's been a delight talking with both of you, and uh, your, your how your relationship got going still is still very interesting to me. I know there's more parts of the story, but I like how how you both connected through prayer in some way that somehow that one day we'll be able to understand better than we're able to do so now. So thank you very much for being on the show, Barbara and Charlie. Thank you. Thank you, Bernie. You're welcome. You've been listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Butman, MD. We're on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. I loved him. Loved him. Like no one else I've ever If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? 
The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. 